when we talk about business rescue, we are essentially discussing a lifeline for companies that are financially distressed. The primary goal here is to reorganize and restructure the company's affairs, its business operations, its property, and its debts. Uh, the ultimate aim is to give the company a fighting chance to continue its existence on a solvent basis. It's about finding ways to turn the tide, to shift from a path leading towards financial ruin to one of stability and growth. Uh, so let's be clear, a business rescue isn't always about necessarily saving the company. Uh, I think there's a misconception about it. Sometimes, despite our best efforts, a company can't be saved. In those instances, Business Rescue aims to ensure that the company's creditors or shareholders get a better return than they would from an immediate liquidation, as we've seen now with the Post Office and the High Court's decision. So in essence, the Business Rescue is about maximizing value, whether that's by saving the company or by ensuring the best possible outcome for creditors or shareholders in the, in the event of a liquidation. It's a process that requires careful planning, strategic decision-making, and a deep understanding of the company's financial situation. So just to that uh, last point, Dian, uh, is that usually spelled out uh, at the onset when the entity is placed under business rescue, whether it is meant uh, to resuscitate and return it back to great financial health or whether it's just a matter of making sure that it is able to pay some of its creditors, as you said? Uh, uh, when this, in this instance, the uh, formal 131 application was brought against uh, in front of the court, my apologies, to, to, to convert the liquidation proceedings to that of business rescue. And in that application, there would have been a business case that had to be made out in front of the court to convert it. So I'm sure that in those documents, although I haven't had sight of it, uh, it probably would have addressed all of these issues, you know, maximizing the value, how it would be saved, why it will benefit creditors, why it will benefit the shareholder maybe, or shareholders, um, uh, uh, when it's compared to liquidation. Um, I'm uncertain as to what they said the benefit would be for employees since already 7,000 were let go. So, yeah. So, Tian, what actually happens when a company is uh, uh, placed in business rescue? You know, in terms of its day-to-day operations, you know, what is the plan uh, when it comes to, for example, uh, the employees? Do they continue in their roles? How does it work? Well, um, it could involve a, a range of measures. Uh, you look at cost cutting might be necessary to reduce expenses. Contracts might need to be renegotiated to improve terms. In some cases, assets might be sold off to raise funds. Uh, and ne- any any new investors might be sought to inject fresh capital into the business. I see the government did promise uh, post-commencement financing, a term that we use in our industry, uh, which is basically uh, some financial injection to give them breathing space to reorganize their affairs. Um, in consultation with the affected persons, which would be the shareholders, the employees, the creditors, um, and the directors, the business rescue practitioners, I see two of them were appointed, they will then start to draft a business rescue plan that would then set out the way forward for the next few years. Yeah.
And uh, as we've experienced previously, for example, with the SAA case, we know that uh, the business rescue practitioners aren't too keen to speak to us as the media to help us understand or, you know, take us along on these processes in spite of the fact that uh, they may be dealing with SOEs, as is the case here with the South African Post Office. But just in terms of dealing with SOEs, Dian, what are some of the key areas or constraints that the business rescue practitioners uh, are likely to encounter? Um, business rescue, when executed correctly, can indeed be a saving grace for businesses that might have otherwise had to shut their doors. But it's not a one-size-fits-all solution. And in the case of state-owned enterprises or SOEs, there are unique challenges and constraints that can be encountered. One of the key areas is political interference. I think that was predominantly clear from the South African Airways rescue. Uh, SOEs often have a level of government involvement, and this can sometimes complicate the business rescue process. Decisions that might be purely business-focused in other contexts can become entangled with political considerations, which can make the process more complex. Regulatory issues are another potential constraint. SOEs often operate in heavily regulated industries, and this can limit the options available in business rescue. It can also make the process more time-consuming and complex. Public scrutiny is another factor. The operations of SOEs are often under public eye, and this can add an extra layer of pressure and complexity to the business rescue process. There are also factors that could hinder the success of a business rescue. A lack of funding, although that, has been, that obstacle has been overcome. Resistance from creditors, I think there's going to be huge resistance. Uh, and from employees can also be challenged. And can, under, uh, and can as can underlying issues within the industry or econo- economy that can't be resolved through restructuring alone. Uh, in the case of the South African Post Office, for example, significant debt owned to creditors is a major challenge, I would say. Its relevance is another one. Uh, it's a complex situation, but I think with the right approach, uh, business rescue has the potential to turn things around and secure the future of, of the post office, whatever that future might look like. Dian, thank you so much for your time. Dian Harps is from the South African Advisory Company, uh, just giving us a sense, uh, basically talking to us about the ABCs of a business rescue process.